Morning, everyone. Today, I want to talk to you about two things that I've been thinking about that I think are really interesting, support and uplifting people. And I'm going to talk about it through an anecdote of mine, which I'll share. But quick disclaimer, I'm actually keeping my Invisalign in right now, so my pronunciation might not sound as clear. But let's start with support. So as you know, I started a bodybuilding program recently. And in the first few days when I got my macro goals, I was really overwhelmed. I felt kind of defeated too because I thought it was absolutely impossible to hit my goal of 125 grams of protein a day. And I was stressed too about how expensive this was going to be. I now had to cook all my meals. I had to buy ingredients for all of that. And I had to buy a ton of meat. And you know meat is not cheap. So I was venting to my sister about this and telling her how honestly sad I feel. And she suggested Costco as a good place to buy meat. And then a few days later, she offered to go to Costco with me on the weekend since she has a Costco membership and I don't. And she did come with me. We drove to Costco, parked in a nearby parking lot because it was completely packed at Costco, walked in the rain. She helped me steer the shopping cart. We went to Costco just for me to buy meat, just for her to accompany me on this journey of mine. And that made me think, wow, that is support. It's the same thing with law school. A lot of people are really happy for me when I tell them I'm going to law school. People at the gym, I had an old family friend say, wow, Yale, oh my gosh, you're a rock star. But it's just that, you know, it's words of encouragement, it's well wishes, it's happy feelings, but it's superficial level conversation. As opposed to when I took the LSAT research study, my sister let me take it at her place. So she notified her husband, she made sure the garage was clear so I could park my, gra- park my car in there and charge my car. As soon as she got home, because I had arrived before her, she was out working out. She turned up the heat because she knows I get cold all the time. And when I finally came out a couple hours later, she had already ordered food. I told her I had to clear her desk and put all her stuff on the floor. And I had to cover her monitors with towels. And she wasn't upset at all. And same thing with Riley. If Riley were still living in the Bay Area, she was also willing to lend me her place to take the LSAT and to study because she knew how disruptive my cats were being. And she was willing to be out of the house when I took the LSAT so I could have the place to myself. Support like this, it's like they have more skin in the game. And the thing about deciding to go to law school too is from a 25,000 foot view, yes, it sounds like a positive thing because you have meaning in life again. You have a bunch of goals and benchmarks You're going to have a great, well-respected career. And most of all, it looks like I'm pursuing something that is really aligned to who I am. And it just makes so much sense. And it's, it's really good. Overall, a happy thing, right? Wrong. Very, very stressful. Very depressing sometimes. I'm not going to lie. There was a period of time a couple months ago where I was rock bottom. I was struggling with the LSAT. And I felt so defeated because I looked around at everyone around me and I thought, they are all living so much better lives than me. Here I am with no job. I'm studying. I feel like I'm not making progress. 
and I have this annoying cat who keeps disrupting my studies. I feel worried that I won't be able to take the test in time. I'm worried I don't have the GPA to go to Yale. And then I would listen to these podcasts and hear about these people who got into Yale. And, and then I hear about how they were living at home, paying no rent. Their mom was cooking all their meals for her while all she had to do was study. And I just felt so defeated that a girl like that, I will never be able to compete with her. If that's who I'm competing against, there's no way I'm going to get into these schools. And during that time, Riley was there to hear me cry it out and to also assess that at the core of it, I need to make sure I have a friend that's also on this journey so I feel less alone. And she offered to talk to her mom to see if she had any ideas, things like that. And when I did start making progress on this because I started attending online info sessions, that really made me feel better because I got to see the actual admissions officers who would be reading my application. I got to talk to people, which helped with the isolation. And my sister was so happy at how much energy she saw I was getting from this. And from that, she pointed out that you should probably make it a point to schedule one or two of these in every month. So what I'm saying is for all these big goals in life that seem like positive things, the people who are truly close to you, they don't get to feel just the positives. They get pulled down into the dumps and feel all the negative feelings with you too. And I'll say here, yes, you're right. I'm not saying anything new here. This is literally just talking about how people support you and that age-old adage where the people who are really there for you, are there for you during the toughest of times. And I've heard that too, but me saying this is more about just being cognizant of it and sharing how I've become cognizant of it recently. I have to be cognizant to remember that as much as all that light conversation and general encouragement that you get from acquaintances and strangers does feel really good. It feels great when Ian believes that I can do this when Christian thinks I'm going to be an awesome lawyer and he's going to call me later down the line. But I have to be mindful of remembering who has really been there for me. Because those people, the ones who lend me their homes to study in, they're the constant presence that isn't always feeding me encouragement. So it's easy to overlook them. And it's even easy to potentially mistreat them. You know, it's just how partners in marriages will sometimes treat people outside, regular acquaintances, better than they treat their own partners. So down the line, when Christian does call me asking for legal help, I have to remember that he's in the back of the line behind my sister, behind my close friends and my family who have actually been there for me. And this is also not to disparage anyone who isn't helping me to that degree, because I understand it's maybe that we're just not that close physically or emotionally, and they do wish me the best, as much as our relationship currently warrants. So it's not to disparage them. In fact, it's a spectrum of help that I'm receiving. There are people who are reviewing my personal statements. I texted Spencer and asked if he could listen to an episode just to give me his thoughts, and he did. He jumped on it immediately. And then there's the people writing my letters of recommendation who, in so doing, have agreed to give up a good amount of their time and energy to help me towards my goals. These are all varying levels of help I'm receiving, and I appreciate them all. 
again, it's not about me judging anything that's less than everything. It's more about me just being cognizant enough to further appreciate the people who have given so much in this process. And this brings me to my next topic of uplifting people. After I had this realization of what true support looks like, I started thinking about all the other ways that my sister has supported me. And some of them were more active than passive. So rather than her just quote unquote being there for me, she has actually brought into my life concepts like financial literacy, investing, starting a business. And these are all things that she was interested in herself. But what's different from her just being interested in them is that she would prod me to get into it too. She wouldn't just tell me that she was interested in it, talk to me about what she was reading. She would also say things like, hey, I think you should read this book too. It'll be really helpful. And then she would lend me her copy of the book. And then if I did read it and like it, she'd buy me my own copy for Christmas. In 2022, she was looking into opening her own business. And once again, she told me about it. And then she opened up her account to me and gave me her password so that I could use this course too that she paid $3,000 for. And here's the thing. She doesn't just tell me once, open up her account once. She continues to nudge me throughout the process. Not with big comments, just little comments, but multiple ones. So there was the first time she told me about this course and she said that I should probably start my own business too. Maybe something like sales coaching, sales prospecting. And I was like, eh, I don't think I'm good enough for that. And then as she started going into the curriculum, there was a recording from a previous class, not her class. And she was showing it to me and we were talking about the sales guy in that room who was also trying to create the sales program. And I was like, he doesn't sound like a very good sales guy, to be honest. And to that, she says, see, you could do it too. You don't have to be perfect, but you're already better than him. And then I ended up helping her with her sales call script. So her first appointment with her first client, I wrote the whole script for it and all the questions she needed to ask. And once again, she's like, see, you should really do this. And then there was another time when her classmate was in a rut and they had this like brainstorming call, I guess. And one of her classmates shared how he wasn't sure what he should do next. And she suggested you should probably start just making cold calls. And she knew that from having been around me, but her idea was to put him in contact with me. So yeah, after all of this nudging and prodding, I definitely plan on putting together a side hustle after I finish my law school application. And I'll say at this point too that it's not like I'm just mooching from her. I want to be clear. I have provided value into this relationship too. I was the one that got her into self-development. I did the same thing with skincare, Korean skincare, and then laser treatments. And she has always been really insecure about her skin because she has deep scarring. And now, for the first time in her life, she's been getting compliments on her skin. And it's not just me influencing her once to come on this appointment with me or go book a free trial. This has become part of her lifestyle as well. Skincare, high-end treatments, stuff like that. And I also, being the more social one between the two of us, have dragged her on so many different adventures that her highly introverted, inert social self would not have done. So we've gone on a road trip. 
We went paragliding on that road trip. We've gone to Vermont. We rode down mules to the bottom of the Grand Canyon where we stayed there for a night. We went to Shasta Caverns, and there's a lot more that we're going to do too. So now that I have defended myself here, <laughs> let's go back to what she did. And I think you can see, though, that this is much more different from a passive type of influence, right? I want to compare what she did to that saying where, quote unquote, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time around. That saying, the way I've heard it discussed, usually refers to a passive osmosis type of influence, which my pet peeve, by the way, is that it's not technically osmosis because osmosis is water. Anything that's not water is just diffusion. So technically this should be diffusion, but I'm saying osmosis because everyone else does. But this osmosis thing, I've heard Ed Milet talk about it in a very like almost metaphysical, the secret manifestation type of way where it's like, if the people around you make 70K, you're probably going to make 70K plus or minus 20K. And for some reason, as much as I like Ed Milet, I never really liked that because it just didn't feel true in my circles. Because it's not like I'm hanging out with those people to talk about money-making strategies. They provide fun for me. What I make is independent of that. But then I've also heard it discussed as this passive type of influence where by being around people, you naturally become more aware and as a result, mildly or even moderately open to whatever interests they're into. But again, it's a very passive type of influence, a very diffusion type of thing, as opposed to active nudging. And I'm not saying that it's not true that you don't generally just rub off on people. You do. But what I'm saying is you can take it to the next level too. You do have control rather than just leaving it up to diffusion and just hoping you rub off on someone. For the people who are truly closest to you, for the people who you truly care about, their well-being, and their success in life. Not the people that you just hang out with because they're fun. You have the power and ability to actively pull them up the way my sister did for me in financial literacy, investing, and starting a business. So the way I picture it in my head is the diffusion is Imagine you being the shining little piece of sunshine, radiating a bright light, and people catch a bit of that sunshine. But you're not pulling someone up. Pulling someone up to me is like in those gyms or those Spartan races where you have those ropes you have to climb up. You're over the top. The person behind you is struggling. And so you reach your arm out and lift them up. All right, so now that you've imagined this, two questions arise. Who can I do this to and how do I do this? For the first question, you cannot and should not, in my opinion, do this with everyone. You shouldn't do it with everyone because I don't believe everyone deserves this level of your goodness for free. I believe that you need two things. They need to be mildly receptive to you pulling them by the hand and saying, let's go try this. And you have to be close enough that they're not going to brush you off and find you being annoying and overstepping, which is something that you would be at risk of if it weren't as good of a relationship. As I say this, I think of my older brother. My sister does the same type of thing with my older brother, but for him, it takes longer to instigate change. But 
we're close at least. And because we're close, he's also temperamentally more open to her attempts. And it's worked. After a year after me, albeit, he's got some investments going of his own. And this past Christmas, he opened up all his finances to her so that she could go through it, see where his money was going, look at his credit cards, and just do an overall health check on his money. So where he is financially, and where I am financially, would have never happened if it weren't for our sister. Now begs the question, how do you do this? Because it is a fine line between this and forcing something onto someone. And the best way I can describe it is, think of those pictures, that very overused pose where there's a girl in a meadow of flowers. She's running, but she's looking back at the camera and her arm is outstretched and she's taking the cameraman by the hand and she's pulling him along. Like, you know what I mean, right? Happens in anime a lot too. Someone will turn around, offer their hand and pull the person along and they'll run. Think of spirited away. That's exactly how I feel about this. You're not pushing someone to do something. You're pulling them along. You're literally communicating, hey, come do this with me. And you pull them along to something you're already doing. It's not forceful, but it's not completely passive either. And then once I realized this, I started wondering, are there any other ways I can grab my sister by the arm and pull her up? Is there anything else I can drag her along to? And that's when I landed on this bodybuilding thing. Fitness and lifting weights has always been another thing that I've gotten into, and she's learned about through me, i.e. the level one diffusion type of influence. But after I signed up for this bodybuilding program, I thought, why not take it to the next level and bring her into it? So I asked if she wanted to work out with me. I told her it'd be cool because she's basically getting access to a bodybuilding trainer for free through my account since I'd give her my password. And I told her it'd be perfect because there's so many resources in here on how to have the right form. There's lots of videos and there's someone we can ask. And these are things that she's wanted to get into too. She's wanted to lift weights for a couple of years now to mitigate osteoporosis. But as you can imagine, the plethora of gym equipment form, all of that is incredibly intimidating for someone who has no idea and no shepherd into that world. And like for me, fitness for her has been the last thing that she's been able to conquer. I told her this makes sense because we've already made progress on money. We've made progress on entrepreneurship, on our healing. So next up for 2023 is fitness. And us working out together makes so much sense because we need to battle our ACE factors. ACE factors are basically this thing that people came up with to calibrate, I guess you could say, the physiological effects of child abuse and trauma because trauma early in your life does have impacts and basically takes away years off your life, makes you more prone to cancer. And me personally, cancer has been one of the things that hangs over my head. Osteoporosis is hers. So tying all of that together This truly is us working together and doing this the best way to honor November 15th, which is the date of our mother's passing. We've always wanted to figure out something to do together to honor it, but I don't know, a brunch never felt right. A hike didn't really feel enough. But this, this makes sense because in working out, we're taking care of ourselves and we are fighting cancer. We are fighting osteoporosis and we are extending our lives. 
So she bit, and since then I've given her my password. She's downloaded the app. She has access to all the videos, and she's been looking at them on her own time, and we do work out together too on the weekends. But even without me, she still follows the routine. So like yesterday, for example, she did yoga, I did it, and we're probably going to get into meditative yoga next. What I'm trying to get across here is we're both feeling really good about it. We were both really excited about this lifestyle change, which we were ripe for after many years of not doing it. And it's exciting that we are replacing our hangouts of figuring out what we want to eat, ordering DoorDash, getting maybe milk tea sometimes. Like we're changing that out for working out together. So with all this, I close with an interesting question that I think we can routinely think about, which is in what ways do we have the potential to lift, actually lift someone up? And who is someone you care deeply enough to do that to? In what ways have you kind of rubbed off on them already? And in what ways could you take it to the next level? That's it. Thanks for listening. Bye.